Hey family, I am Mark and we are the Kinship Collective. We are ending otherness. We are growing solidarity by sharing and lamenting and celebrating our stories and reimagining scripture together. This week, we had an incredible conversation with writer Dante Stewart. We talked about his book, Shouting in the Fire, and how when you put out something that matters to you into the world, you can experience anxiety and depression and comparison. And then we talked about scripture, Daniel chapter three, the story of what it means to face fire. And we talked about transformation and how sometimes we're afraid and we don't wanna embrace that. That came up for me, it was really powerful. I'm thrilled you're here. And I I wonder what's gonna come up for you as you enjoy this incredible conversation with Dante Stewart. Yo, what's up, family? Welcome to the Kinship Collective. We are ending otherness. We are growing solidarity by sharing our stories, lamenting and celebrating our stories and reimagining scripture together. Today, we have with us from Atlanta, Georgia, originally from the Carolinas, a Clemson Tiger, the Dante Stewart. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Dante Stewart. Oh, bro, you got. Oh, oh bro, you got you got the hand clap uh, effects. I like that, bro. Bro, we not playing like around. That. Come hey, on, man. That. Only one correction, bro. I live in Augusta, though. I commute Aug- to Atlanta, though. Yeah, Aug- I live in Augusta. You know what? I love the particularity. I love saying, "Look, I got you," but this hey. is really where I'm at. And yeah, that's why I met, bro. Dante, you've written for CNN, The Washington Post, Christianity Today. And even for me, even listing those things out loud and thinking about how distinctly particular you are about where you are locationally, geographically. And when I think about this incredible book, Dante wrote Shouting in the Fire, an American epistle. I think it re- did it release in 2020, 2021? Yeah, 2021, October 12th. Actually, oh, man. we just hit four months uh, yesterday. Yeah. yeah. So so October, November, December, January. Oh, three, hold on, three months. October, November, January. No, December, <laughs> January, three months. Dante. That's why I do well, words. I don't do math. I was going to say, while math. you do that math, Dante, this yeah. book right here, man, <laughs> um, it is... Uh, it is a beautiful kind of declaration of location, like you said. And I think, Thanks. you know, as we, you know, our, our, uh, our heart is to celebrate stories. And ladies and gentlemen, as you do your dishes or as you drive, Dante is super dadding right now. And he's generous enough to share his time and more of his story with us um, and to care for his little mama. So we got grace for that. And no, no, we don't have grace for that. We celebrate that because we don't pretend like life is cookie cutter. So we're going to hear her and that's perfectly okay. Um, Dante, this, this book was such a beautiful read for me. Um, this invitation to your story. And there were times where I could feel myself cringing. There were times where I cried. There were times where, um, just the, 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 the way that you tell that story is no wonder that um, these different publications are valuing your voice. It's no wonder mm. that your publisher values your voice. Um, 
so I'm, I'm really grateful that you put this out there. There's a couple questions that come to my mind um, about the book. There's one that really stands out to me. There, there's several. I'm trying to figure out how to navigate that right now. But we haven't even checked in with you since releasing the book and mm. telling your story in this way. How did that process help you to maybe even hold and cherish your story differently than you had mm. before processing it in such an in-depth way? Mm. Well, first of all, thank you uh, for having me on. It's so good to be with you, Brother Mark. Um, and, and I'm just grateful, bro, just to, yeah, just to commune together, bro. You know, mm. we're in a pandemic. Let's pause real quick, bro. <laughs> we here. We're in a pandemic. We're mm. together. You know, we're alive. And, and, and we want to we want to maintain a sort of type of gratitude for that, bro. So mm -hmm. thank you for that. And, and, and shout out to the Kinship Collective and the team and and just everybody that's tapped in, uh, mm -hmm. I see you. So, mm. uh, man, the process, I, I had already, you know, the only reason why I was able to write this book is because I already was in the process of processing so much of that I wrote about. Mm -hmm. So, so much of that I went through, there there was like years of distance between it um, and 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 hours of talking through it and, and working through it. So, you know, being able to write about it, you know, wasn't easy. But I got to the place mm. where I could at least like write and revisit and rethink and revise and do it again over and over again until like each chapter became like a building block to this argument of like, you know, the beauty, the complexity, the, the, the joy, the love, the intimacy of black life and particularly my experience, you know, kind of going through this world as somebody who's trying to wrestle with the question about being black and American and Christian. Um, mm -hmm. and, and, and the ways in which like them thing, th those identities, bro, is just like they for so many people they represent so many terrible things. Mm -hmm. uh, get turn on social media any given day, uh, and you can see like some type of terrible thing, you know, somebody has said or done to somebody black, or that we've mm -hmm. done to ourselves. Turn mm -hmm. on social media, you can see something terrible about the country. We think about voting rights right now. We think about the pandemic. We thinking mm -hmm. about you know the increasing death numbers and the lack of like plans and even student loans. Where like you know, I was reading the other day where Duke and all these universities was part of this kind of scheme, uh, getting billions of dollars from people in the student loan industry. And you mm. think about Christianity, you know, mm, mm, mm. we only got eternal social media and we and we realize just how how terrible we Christians often become and can be uh, to ourselves and to other people. So like over the years of making sense of that story, it got me to the place where like I could write it uh, and, and, and try and write it well, narratively, mm -hmm. creatively from a craft standpoint. Mm -hmm. And then since it's been in the world, I think for me. I mean, being a writer, man, is just filled with so much insecurity. Mm. Like, oftentimes, the thing that brings us greatest joy and 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 just is art for us is oftentimes the place you know that that is so uh, wrought with like depression and just filled with like anxiety and insecurity. So mm -hmm. every day or every week, I'm always trying to kind of remind myself of why I do what I do, why I write what I write, and I'm trying to write essays, you know, to mm -hmm. to keep reminding me like the, the why I write every all the time is because I want to remind myself why I do it. I do it because I love it. Mm -hmm. I do it because I feel like I got something to say. And mm -hmm. this book was just that. It took hard work, emotional labor, physical labor, intellectual and creative labor. Uh, but since it's now in the world and I don't talked about it enough, I feel like I'm at a place where, you know, like I can talk about it, uh, in helpful ways, you know, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. there's, there's a couple of things that you touched on. And I think that 
there's there's <laughs> in, in my mind i came into this conversation honestly thinking about why was he so bent on claiming his americanness throughout the book and i was like that's the one question i want to ask but to be honest like what feels even more important in this moment when you talk about putting something that means something so it's not just putting something that means something to you into the world this is your story this is you on the back rows getting shot at by by white men this is you making this journey where you you're in the white church like i've been and you're trying to be true to the revelation the understanding that you have personally and you're trying to navigate a system and real life relationships that just don't see you and so for me what's even more important than the american piece is when you talk about the ways that insecurity about putting your story in the world has kind of provoked you mentioned insecurity depression anxiety mm-hmm. how does that how does that affect you i mean sometimes it make me like just like today it's like comparison like like mm-hmm. oftentimes mm-hmm. I'm like, yo, like I, I, I be, I be convincing myself that I'm a great writer, you know, and and mm-hmm. and that don't come out of a place of like, like yo, like yo, like, yeah, you you doing it. Yeah. Oftentimes, I join it come out of place of like, I feel like, you know, I gotta prove myself as a writer. I feel like I ain't getting what I'm owed, and 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 sometimes, like I was telling my friend a few months ago, sometimes. And I don't want to say like this good or bad. It just is what it is. Like sometimes mm-hmm. I have to write my write myself out of depression. Right. You know, sometimes I have to write myself into clarity through trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also, like a part of it is as well. Like I love like it's I love doing it. Like I love writing. I love going to the empty page and 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 reading something and and creating something new and and, and just trying to get better as a writer. So it's like this kind of tension that I have to walk through all the time of feeling like I have to prove myself, but also feeling as if like, you know, convincing myself that I'm not actually proving myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <What not? laughs> and so one of the things I found out about myself is that, 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 yeah, I struggle with like comparison to be like, yo, like, 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 yo, like, I know I'm a great writer and I know like what I write is heat and like mm-hmm. why y'all not noticing it the way that you noticing other people, you mm-hmm. know, and, thing, mm-hmm. and, and, and things like that. And so that's just, it's just a part of, I feel like it's just a part of like life. Uh, and, and of course, like I have friends that kind of get me back to, you know, like equilibrium. And then off my, mm-hmm. also my wife just keeps me straight mentally and keeps me kind of engaged mm-hmm. uh, to make sure that I, that, that I'm straight, you mm-hmm. know, emotionally, that I'm straight, like make sure I'm not like trying to be somebody else or trying to be something that I'm not. Mm-hmm. Uh, because oftentimes, you know, comparison at, at, at the heart, you know, is, is us judging ourselves based on the best in others and the worst in ourselves and, and the worst in us. Mm-hmm. And that oftentimes, you know, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. there, there's there's a difference between imitation and creativity. So my 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 brother Kiese, um, he, he talks about this idea of imitation and innovation as a writer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um Kiese, you know, was like was like, yo, like, like, like innovation and imitation as writers is a great thing. Like like there are the greats, like James Baldwin, um, Alice mm-hmm. Walker, Tony Morrison, Maya Angelou. Tony K. Bambara, Mir Baraka, um, 
uh, uh, Charles Johnson, uh, all these brilliant, brilliant, Richard Wright, all these brilliant, brilliant writers, we're going to imitate what they're doing and we want to innovate it based on like what we're doing uh, right now in this moment and, and asking new questions. So we're thinking about uh, our literature must be crucial, but there's a difference between imitation and innovation and comparison. Oftentimes, comparison is not built on imagining better ways that we can create art, but oftentimes rooted on our own insecurity about what limits that we possess, oftentimes uh, in comparison to what somebody else is doing. Um, and I have to find myself kind of catching myself and, and, and trying to get better at that and, and, and trying to just stay whole in, in what I do, you know, because it will eat you up. You know, the algorithm, mm. the mm -hmm. algorithm, you know, can recognizes capital. The algorithm recognizes performance. It does not recognize art. It does mm. not recognize love. So I'm trying to stay grounded in that area right there. So, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's so much really meaningful and powerful ideas that you just shared uh, about comparison and what it means to be grounded. And what I heard you say is there's a way that you ground yourself in your craft by practicing your craft almost as a... a uh, uh, the practice of reminding yourself. And I would imagine uh, you're working through your program right now at Emory, I believe. And mm -hmm. there's mm -hmm. this reflection and you're able to flex the, the gift that you have um, and remind yourself of that. But also I heard, you know, this, your partner, the person closest to your heart is able to ground you also and to remind you and you talked mm -hmm. about her checking on you mentally emotionally mm -hmm. talk to me a little bit about what it is that she does that reorients you mm. to your gift and your craft and your greatness beyond comparison man my wife don't believe the press like like mm. like, like 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 my wife know me like mm -hmm. she the she, press is new she know the me press is new she's yeah, been around yeah 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 mm -hmm. she's been around for a little minute so she know who i am she know when i'm not being myself she she can see through everything you know mm -hmm. she can see through it and and she'll give me these like looks and she'll give me, she'll say these little things <laughs> that for me are like are like for real though it's like like for real, like facts is like reminders of like yo you're doing too much right now like you mm. you're not you're not being yourself um and 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 i'm i'm grateful for that because like this is not a new thing like i've gone through so many different changes and the people who read my book they will realize like over the years i've gone through incredible amount of like changes in who i am how i thought about Absolutely. myself like mm -hmm. where i found myself and like through all of those changes, like like going from Clemson to not going from playing football at the one of the best schools in the country to not playing football, to being like sing, uh, uh, engaged to being married, to mm -hmm. being somebody who is like in South Carolina, somebody who's been in California, somebody who's in the white church and out of the white church, somebody who's mm -hmm. in seminary, somebody who's not in seminary, somebody who calls himself a writer, somebody who's just trying to write. Like, mm -hmm. and so these represent so many different experiences in different persons. I've been so many different people over these last few years, and it's been my wife that has helped me take the best part of those people and try and put them together to something that's be more beautiful than the broken parts that I carried along with me. Mm. Um, or, mm -hmm. or, or whatnot because we we carry both we hold multitudes mm -hmm. we carry like the best parts of ourselves and the worst parts of ourselves and I think 
in the case of my wife, just like with her wisdom and her maturity, <laughs> she keeps me grounded in ways that like, yo, that's not who you are. You're doing the most. You're being somebody else. Mm. Like, you mm -hmm. need to change. You need to do yeah. better. You know, one of my um, one of my favorite parts in the book, um, <laughs> I feel like I'm pausing a lot because it's, it's really, it's not a remarkable part, but to me, it's the remarkability of what it means to be in a relationship with somebody that is based on mm -hmm. commitment and love. Um, mm -hmm. It reminded me of my wife, uh, but when you talked about the the ways that <laughs> black lives being murdered by police was affecting her and it wasn't affecting you but the way that she held that she wasn't trying to force you to feel what she was feeling she wasn't trying to force you to feel anything other than you were and you were navigating mm. white church world you're navigating a white centered theology at the time and I felt like I was just I'm in awe of the way that when you talk about the, the I think you mentioned trust, um, uh, you talked about wisdom, the, the, mm -hmm. the, it's almost, you know, it reminds me of the strength of watching, um, a partner give birth. And mm -hmm. so to me, that part about just the ways that she walked through her grief, you guys walked together, but you weren't feeling the same thing at the same time. But then mm -hmm. the ways that she came around you when you did start to feel your own feelings and to think about it's just it's it's the remarkability of irremarkability. That's not a word. The mm -hmm. remarkability mm -hmm. of the mundane commitment of her being there. She was around when you played football. She was around mm -hmm. when you weren't. She was around when you all Every these identities moment. that you talked about, she's been there. So she's watched you yep. grow and change and transform. And and she's still here. And to be honest, like real talk, walking away from the book, I remember that part being like, man, the strength of partnership. Mm -hmm. When you talk about it, wise partnership that when you talk about that because I think an immature partnership, there can be comparison. I can expect you to be feeling what I'm feeling. I can expect you, and it's and I, or I could just be expecting you to be something or feel something you're not. And the beauty and power of of your wife allowing mm. you the space to be on your journey, being faithful to her mm -hmm. journey, not being dishonest about her journey, and the tremendous strength that women have. Mm -hmm. It's it, it's it's remarkable, man. What a beautiful thing! I'm so you just no, making facts. me grateful for my partner. Not 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 facts, bro. It's like it reminded me of like uh, my my sister Deisha Phil, y'all, who wrote the Sickalize of Church Ladies. If people ain't read that joint yet, it is an amazing book. It's like sitting, where is that? It's right there, uh, over on my shelf. What's the name uh, of it again? And, and it, it's it's called one second. Mm hmm. So it's called it's called book. the secret lives it's, it's called the secret lives of church ladies, um, mm. by Disha Phil y'all, and she has this um, she has this essay in it uh, called how to well it's chapter it's not an essay I mean it basically <laughs> could be an essay um, it's called how to make love to a physicist and at the end she bold the letters I, and I thought it was brilliant like like toward the end mm. she bold the letters uh, mm -hmm. that is that question uh, uh, and it's actually woven without. Um, in, in throughout that chapter, 
how to make love to the physicist is bolded and the rest of the text is unbolded. So it's like pressing you to think about this question. Keep this question in front of your mind about making love, about making love to somebody that's not like you, about making love to somebody that 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 oftentimes is struggling, that oftentimes, you know, you, you don't understand parts of their life. How do you make mm-hmm. love to them? And she ends it Jeez. with this, with your whole self quivering, lush, unafraid. And oh my one goodness. of the things, one of the things, man, that that I wanted um in in, in 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 shouting man to do is to be to pay a particular attention to the ways in which like my wife's story was told, but particularly black women's story was told. Cause like mm. I wrote her story a particular way. I wrote the story of my mom and my grandma a particular way. I wanted them to hang on to agency um and autonomy. I didn't just simply want them to 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 live at my will. Uh, mm-hmm. To live at either the good or the bad of myself, but I wanted them to live alongside me, and so people would walk away and be like, you know, to have that experience, to be like, like walking mm-hmm. away from that book, just like one day when I was talking to Disha, mm-hmm. I, when I read, when I read that because we was in conversation for 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 a bookstore, like after I read that joint, I told her that I had to text my wife that I loved her. Just because, like, your book just made me more aware of the ways in which, like, we often miss making love. We often miss, you know, how important, like, our partners are in our lives, whether they, you know, whether, whether they be male or female, you know, whether mm-hmm. they be whether they be non-binary. Like, whoever is that partner in our life, you know, like, oftentimes we miss, you know, what they have done and, and what they have done to make us who we are. Uh, and, and the ways in which like their wisdom, like who we are is so much of reflect the reflection of mm. what they did and who they were mm. and, that, and that they're worth, you know, the page, they're worth their stories been told. Yeah. Mm. You know, when you talked about that quote and at the end, when she talks about the way that we actually do it is it, it, she said naked. I don't know if she said naked, but I'm, I'm hearing naked and unafraid, but that quivering it's the that um, the courageous through the fear journey of not being a master at this thing, of knowing that this is a, a different person with a different set of um, facts, experiences, and personality traits, and not and not always total values, but a different mm-hmm. um, receptors. That their different things speak differently to them. Um, mm-hmm. That that feels. I mean, that feels really, really powerful. I think. And to be honest, like in my own partnership right now, I'm I'm, I'm rereading some of Brene's stuff, Brene Brown, mm-hmm. because I know that like my my challenge has been intimacy. There's a, you know, I grew up in like bros before hoes and all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. um, and it it not it didn't devalue who she was, but it it just created this like barrier of like where I keep information and then going into like church mm-hmm. world where it's like, I'm not trying to have you hold all of this information that, mm-hmm. you know, I think could be a burden to you unnecessarily or whatever. But I think all of that to say, like, for me, I find myself in that space right now where I'm quivering through the fear, trying to offer my greatest love and my greatest self to her while knowing that there's a part of me that is afraid to be seen as, and, and, and this is all the while, like she's seen, we've been together 14 years. She's seen mm. all kind of nonsense. She's seen me not live up to my words. She's seen me not live mm. up to the image that I was creating. And mm. she has been faithful and she has shown me, you know, what love 
can look like. And so mm. I'm 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 Facts. moved by that by that reminder of what it looks like to love Facts. and to walk forward towards somebody in partnership when when it ain't you know it it ain't easy or it ain't perfect. Yeah. And that was Man. and that was hard to write about, bro, because like I had to tell my wife, like, yo, like, like I had to tell mm. her like which 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 like how much I wanted to let people in on our relationship. Yeah. You yeah. know, and w- without, you know, without, you know, allowing them to have mm. so much of ourselves that they don't deserve. Like people That's don't right. deserve every part of our life. You know, we mm-hmm. have to write particular mm-hmm. stories. Mm. We have to tell particular stories, you know, but we also, you know, gotta gotta hold on to some stuff. Uh, 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 or whatnot. That's just for us. Yeah, uh, yeah. And so, yeah, I'm just, I'm just glad she okayed them parts. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. You know what? When, when you started, you open and you introduce yourself. There is a real clarity about being a writer. You said that, and you talked mm-hmm. about in your evolution and your transformation, and and it's really interesting to think about because I'm like, yo, ten years from now, twenty years from now, I wonder the kinds of things we'll say about ourselves. Who will be your I little know, mama facts. right there is gonna be? Facts. You know what I'm saying? She'll be at Harvard. Yeah. She'll be she'll be abroad. She'll be studying <laughs> in London, Cambridge, yeah, or something. Facts. And like, but all that to say, you have a real strong clarity. You talked about someone who is writing to a writer. Talk to me about how you embrace that identity. Is that a strong part of your identity? Would you would you say like is that is that your strongest kind of vocational identity right now? Yeah, it's tough, man, because because I'm also in ministry too. So, like like I'm I'm a writer and I'm in ministry. I'm a student, mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. it's like just like every day when I wake up in the morning, I have these I have this question that I ask myself. I say, you know, what is the person? you know, that I want to become going to accomplish today, you know, and I write down somebody who's healthy and fit, uh, Mm. somebody who's a, I'm I'm husband and father, I'm a writer, I'm a student, I'm a scholar, Mm. Mm -hmm. uh, pastor, leader. And so each of those vocations are equally important to me and demand different, some different amounts of my time, attention, and energy, Mm -hmm. but all of them demand my intentionality and deliberateness. Mm. So I approach Mm -hmm. each of those roles with equal, amounts of intention and deliberateness, you know, that, that, that each of them are part of who I am, though mm-hmm. they are the multitude mm-hmm. of Dante Stewart, they are all equally what I do, you know, mm-hmm. and some things I do better than others. And some things I'm trying to work at more than others. And some things in some mm-hmm. seasons, you know, in some seasons, like even right now, I, I, um, I mean, some see like this season, the demand of the kind of pastoral leader role is, is, is a huge demand right now in my local context. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm having to kind of re I'm kind of having to readjust some things to, uh, to account for the demand that, that, that is placed on me in, in my local context here in Augusta, Georgia. Mm. Uh, but, but yes, I am first and foremost, a writer. Like yeah. I, I, I believe myself to be a writer and it's not just simply because, you know, I've written a book or write essays, but I wake up and writing is a part of my rhythm of life. Mm-hmm. Like I prove to myself every day that I'm a writer. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and, and this is back to, uh, our, this is a great book uh, entitled uh, Atomic Habits oh, yeah. by James uh-huh. Clear. Uh-huh. Uh, and, and, and he says, you know, that, 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 that with your habits, bro, like, like you prove to yourself through your habits, the person you want to become. Mm. So I have to prove to myself, not yeah. in a bad way. It's just yeah. like, you know, is this choice, whatever, whatever choice I make, he says, is a vote for the type of person I want to become. Mm. And is this choice going to stack up the votes for that identity? 
you know, and, and, and every day I wake up, Goodness. whether it's reading a book or whether it's working on writing, like literally on my desk right now, I got this book literally that I'm working through right now to help me on my writing, Description uh -huh. and Setting, uh, a part of the Write Great Fiction series. And I'm working on my writing. I'm working on trying to figure out how can I sharpen my tools? How can I sharpen my skill set? How can I become better at what I do? But yeah, bro, I, I actually, like, I, 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 I take on that identity of being a writer and that is a very important vocation to me. And I take writing very, very seriously and I love it mm. a lot. I, I love I, it. For those of you who are listening, if you haven't read this book yet, it's already extraordinarily beautiful. He's been published. We talked about that. So it's this is the case of the gifted writer working on his craft. And to me, you know, it's funny, Dante. I think I saw one of your recent Instagram posts and you're working out somewhere. I think it's your garage. Um, and one of our last episodes, uh, who was also a, a, a ministry friend, he played uh, he played tight end in the, in the NFL. Um, oh, wow. And, nice. But what I know about him is one of the things that I think about you. When you take the work ethic that you learned and that it takes to be great and to earn a scholarship at Clemson, and you turn that in on a new passion or a different part of who you are, there's, there's, there's um, that skill level, the level of your gift plus the passion plus the reps. And for you to pick up this book that's active on your desk and say, setting. And right. And then I saw another post where you were going to, I think, the, um, the, the uh, a master's in fine arts program that's also located at your school. Yeah. And I wonder okay, I yeah. wonder if he's speaking, I wonder, but I know he's learning and I know he's really yeah. giving himself to his craft, bro. Yeah. We see you. I'm, so all of that to say, I see you and I can't like, Thank you, I'm inspired bro. by the way that you are creating these kinds of habits. I think it's in this book where he says, people don't rise to the level of their dreams. They fall to the yeah, level of their systems or the habits. Facts. Um, yep. And so facts, but I also love, it's not a, it's not, taking our agency away it's this reminder that the small decisions that we make does this choice contribute to the kind of person that i want to be which is why i love that question you asked yourself right mm -hmm. who is the man i'm becoming what does he need for me to do today that's incredible Facts. who the person Facts. that you want to be that you are becoming what who does she need you to be today what does she need you to do today so that you can continue to be on that trajectory to becoming which is extraordinary yeah, facts Man, yeah bro powerful. and it's like it's like me and my boy me and my boy was talking like a few weeks ago and it was we, we had just got finished both literally bro just got finished at looking at don't look up um mm. and we got on the we, i called him because he had tweeted about it and i called him i was like i was like bro <laughs> I was like, dog, that joy had me shook mm. uh, or whatnot. And so we was just talking about just how like, you know, like, like, like we was just talking about like, you know, we at a certain type of level right now. And I'm, I'm I mean, he's, 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 he's at an astronomical level than I am, uh, but we had a certain type of level of influence right now. And we was just both, you know, mm. talking about like, yo, this ain't the dream. Like mm. the dream is this, like it's being together. Yeah. Brad, and if there's mm -hmm. anything in 2022 I want for us as people, as artists, as creatives, as pastors, as leaders, like I want us to fall in love with being together. Mm. Like, 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 let's create. 
let's do that. Let's create together. Let's create that art. Let's do work. Mm. But let's fall in love with like just being together, bro. Mm. Like just talking about what we love, love about our art and the mm-hmm. art and mm. and ministry and the Bible and just life and let's strategize about ways we can make this experience better for us. Mm-hmm. You know, but I, I feel like 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 in 2022. We just came out of these long years of like exhaustion where like the demand for us to create far exceeded our ability to produce. Mm. And like right now where we find ourselves, what we need, bro, is like people who fall in love with just being together and and being still enough to pay attention to the particular ways we made it to where we at right now Mm -hmm. and rehearsing that story over and over and over and over again. Like there's this image, bro. I wrote I wrote a paper about this image. Goodness, um, it's this image of uh, James Baldwin dancing. So he's 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 dancing. He just came back from France, um, and, and he comes back over to to the states, and he is visiting CORE where they're organizing locally uh, for civil rights. It's in the sixties, and there's this image, bro, that captures James Baldwin dancing. And I mean, for so many people, James Baldwin, particularly for those who read The Fire Next Time, Baldwin just represents somebody who mm. is just simply like resisting or trying to save America or trying to save white people or trying to teach other people. Mm-hmm. But in this moment, when I look at that image, bro, I see somebody who loves just being alive, mm. somebody who loves just being together with other people, somebody who is a writer and a phenom, an amazing and brilliant, beautiful human being, but somebody who has the ability to be like, okay, that's not the totality of who I am. Mm-hmm. Like there's another James Baldwin that people may not know. Mm-hmm. And I want us, like I want us to fall in love. I'm trying to fall in love with that, bro. Like I'm trying to like, you know, like mindfulness. I want to live mindfully. Mm. Like, like I want to live mindfully. That's something simple. as the Bible. Jesus, when Jesus says, you know, the kingdom of heaven is like, and he points out what the kingdom of heaven is like, we have to notice that Jesus is always pointing to something that's always familiar, but that we pass over and he's inviting us to look again. Mm. He doesn't point to things outside of us. He points to things around us. Goodness. Like he's not pointing to the kingdom of he- heaven is like, you know, heaven. It's he utilizing, you know, a metaphor. The kingdom of heaven is like this. And he always points to right now. And so what we need to fall in love with is Look at the things that we're living, doing, and and thinking, and 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 imagining, and how can we look again at those things? Like the kingdom of heaven is like pausing and talking with somebody. Mm. The kingdom of heaven is like me reading a piece of black fiction. Uh, mm. The kingdom of heaven is like me after calling my boy, after looking at you know. Uh, after looking at Don't Look Up, I call him. We mm-hmm. talk about, you know, how this, what we're doing ain't the dream. And and we talk about our insecurities and our fears and our vulnerabilities. But we also talk about our art and our potential. And we brag a little bit mm-hmm. about who we are. Mm-hmm. And we boast a little bit. And we yeah. boost each other. Yeah. Like, that's the kingdom of heaven. Mm-hmm. It is falling in love with the living. Mm. I love that. I I love that you you talk about how Jesus would point at something that, was familiar that we have seen a hundred different times and to turn our perspective on it and make us see it a little bit differently. So when I was reading your book and you talked about your mother sharing this story about the people in the fiery furnace and I had never, you gave me new imagination. She gave me new imagination for 
what it was like because I've always just read the lines. And I think that like I had these stories in my heart and in my mind. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Look at this beautiful little human. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Yo, if you're listening to this, there is a beautiful black baby girl. Oh my gosh. If you, I want you just to hear beautiful cheeks, a lovely smile. Little bit of hair, because, you know, that's the way it goes when they're this small. Yo, you should be smiling. If you're driving right now, this brother, Stu, got one of the beautifulest little... What's up, mama? She said, "She said, hey, everybody. So, hey, she lived for the camera. Come on. She is beautiful. Um, but you talked about being able to turn our attention and see something new. And your mother gave me new imagination for the scripture of Daniel... Uh, from Daniel chapter three, because I had always just heard the story. I carried the story of just like, okay, they go in there, they come out. But she talked about, and I believe like the whole time I was thinking about shouting in the fire and the, which is the title of Dante's book again, and realizing what does it mean to be in such a, um, a, a fiery, um, tormenting almost the pressurized situation but to be able to shout to be able to express oneself fully uh, to be able to trust fully and you talk about this journey in your book of coming to a new idea of God being able to sometimes faith is letting go of the old idea but I want to read this passage real quick from Daniel and we'll just kick it around a little bit because people need to understand to hear your perspective even on this passage so I'm gonna go Daniel chapter three, I'm going to start in verse 16. Um, The powers that be at the time had created a new set of rules for worship. Um, Really interesting setting there. And these, the people of God in this moment are being told they need to worship a new God in a new way. And that's where we kind of find ourselves here in Daniel chapter three. And it says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, We have no need to answer you about this because they were being accused of whether they would worship this image of who he was, this new king or their God, who was Yahweh at the time. And so they're responding to him as he questions them. They said, we, we have no need to answer you in this. If this be so, because he threatened to throw them into this fiery furnace, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. And he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. This part is super important. But if God doesn't, be it known to you, O king, we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. And with this, the king was filled with fury and the expression on his face was changed. He loved these young men. His expression changed. He ordered that the furnace be heated seven times hotter than it was usually heated. He ordered some of the mighty men in his army to bind up the young men and cast them into this furnace. And these young men bound in their clothes, their tunics, their hats, everything they own were thrown into the burning, fiery furnace. Even the men who threw them in were killed. The king was astonished as he saw something in haste. He declared to his counselors, did, did, did we not throw in three men? And they answered, they said to him, true, O king, 
but 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 I see four men unbound and walking in the midst of this fire. They're not even hurt. The appearance of the fourth is is like a son of the gods. This is the word of God from Daniel 3, verse 16 through 25, I believe. Dante, what, what stands out to you in this passage today? Man, it's just like that. It's like the it's like the title of my book, bro. It's the fire, bro. It's the it's the flames, you know, mm. that, that we have to live in. And you know what's crazy? What the reason why I entitled my book Shouting in the Fire, it was really two things. Where number one, the fire next time, of course. You know, and <laughs> and, and just in Baldwin's last line in the fire next time, uh, where he in some sense offers a a a uh, I mean, what can only be considered a prophecy. Mm, uh, mm, where, mm. At, where at the end of the book, I mean, he really he really offers literally what could be considered only a prophecy where he says, mm. you know, that, that if we do not dare now do everything, the fulfillment of that prophecy recreated from the Bible and Psalm by slave is upon us. God gave Nova the rainbow sign, no more water to fire next time. And you know, shouting in the fire was a what is was a certain type of looking into the future mm-hmm. uh that Baldwin wrote into and to join alongside other people who were writing and living in that future. Um, but then also it was a part of uh uh one of the essays that Tanahasi Coates wrote uh at that uh for Vanity Fair, if I'm not mistaken, and he entitled it The Great Fire. Mm-hmm. Uh and it was an essay on 2020, but also the deeper kind of uh, fault lines and divides uh, in histories and realities underneath it. Mm-hmm. And so when I think about, you know, this passage, I think about, you know, we're constantly living in a fire. We're constantly living in this place that is suffocating us. Mm. Um, and shout out to big brother Jason Reynolds, who just came out with an incredible book, All Ain't Burned All the Bright, which mm. is particularly on oxygen and suffocation. Mm. Y'all should get the book. Mm. Should definitely get the book. Um, and, and, and so like the, the, the Daniel three texts and, and even today it's about, you know, the ability to breathe beyond the suffocation, uh, just like that last chapter breath, mm-hmm. you know, it's the ability to catch our breath again, even in the midst of the things that are trying to destroy us. And so when I see these Hebrew boys and I think about the ways my mom and others would, would think about it, I think about like the way, like literally that story would make them come alive. Oh, like yeah. that story literally was put in song. That story was preached. That story was 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 a story that began testimony service. Mm. It just was a story that that just was the truth of their experience that they learned how to shout in the midst of all the burning. Mm-hmm. Um, and and for me, writing the book, you know, it's and and even the connection to that text is about that, bro. It's about mm. like it's about living in the burning. It's about. Bearing witness in the burning. But mm-hmm. it's also about the ways that we live beyond it. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I think about... What makes me think about this... Um, there's a couple of things that come to my mind. One is like the ways that... I think um, one of the... I think the first or second Corinthians 3.13 talks about that the fire burns away. The things that are real burns away the dross or or whatever we would call that, like the twigs or whatever, and only what is left is what's real. And I think there are a lot of times where um, 
<laughs> I mean, I even think about what I mentioned earlier about relationships and my relationship, my partnership, and the ways that the fiery times are the times that draw out what is most real. And it gets right through all the other stuff that may be superficial um, and gets right to what's really real. So I think about, you know, 2020 as something that revealed what's really real. Jeez. Uh, no and when no I think facts. about 2024 and this next election cycle and, uh, you know, I was reading an article just the other day about uh, the potential civil war, multiple civil wars or something like that. I think Apple News put out a, an article and I'm thinking it just reveals what's really there. And sometimes Facts. if we avoid the fire, um, we are avoiding the opportunities to even see within ourselves what's really there, to be transformed by that fire, the fire that also transforms. It doesn't just reveal something that's there. It also molds it and makes something more pliable. And what does it mean to... Now, as black people, we don't have a choice in some of the suffocating fires around us. But there are ways that we, there are self-preservation techniques we've adopted to just breathe, to just survive. And that, that is, I mean, I don't even have the authority to tell anybody that's okay. I'm with you and I have my own self-preservation practices that I do that, that they don't, they aren't pointing me towards becoming the man I want to be. They are really just preserving who I am. And honestly, and sometimes they're preserving the, the young boy who had his own traumas that he dealt with. And so, man, the invitation, when you talk about made into song and preached about three young men who hold their head high to be put into even more pressurized, suffocating situations and to be reminded that when we do that, sometimes we can encounter the other person that was always there, the divine presence of God that is always within us. But sometimes we don't experience it because we're afraid to stand up for what we believe. We're afraid to enter that fire. That's really, um, there's something that mm -hmm. about that, that stands up, stands out to me right now in that passage. Facts. Mm -hmm. Facts. And I think, and I think, you know, one of the things we're most afraid of is, mm -hmm that oftentimes is going to reveal that we are, we are not as strong as we thought we were or tried to prove ourselves to be. Oh man. That, yeah. you know, that, that there's so many of these experiences that, that happens, like you called it. And I thought that was right. You called it right. It was revelation. Like, mm. like, or, or, or better yet is revelations. Mm. Like it's revelations of, of, of the type of people we are, you know, for good or for ill. Uh, is, is revelation about the things we prioritize, but it's just also opportunity, bro. Like, like, like going through these moments was like opportunity, and is opportunity for clarity, mm. and it, it's opportunity to let us know, like, yo, like, like whatever, whatever you thinking, whatever you feeling, whatever you going through, like you got to acknowledge that, you got to be aware about it, but then also you have to be able to find way. Also, you have to be able to find ways to find meaning in the midst of it. Mm, like yeah. they danced yeah. in the midst of the fire. Like, like that, like, like they danced in the middle of it. Uh, like, uh, and uh. I was thinking about this the other night, bro. I was sitting in the dark in, 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 in my daughter's room and I was feeding her. I was putting her down, turn the lights on and then turn the lights off. And what does your eyes do? Mm. Your eyes adjust. Mm -hmm. They oh, adjust man. to yeah. the darkness. Mm. And I think about that right now, like we're living in so much darkness or we're living through so many fires 
And the body does something that's automatic. It adjusts. Mm-hmm. The thing is that oftentimes in our lives, we are adjusting, but we're just not aware of it. Mm-hmm. Or we don't embrace it. Mm-hmm. So I think like, you know. Or like to, you said to, before, to, we're not intentional about how we adjust. There's a reactivity. Facts. We just respond. And some of facts. that is like we have an internal self-preservation. I keep thinking about that, right? Or we're just reacting to that. But like you mentioned earlier about that intentionality to say, okay, this is what's happening. And you talked about how to name the thing. And this little beautiful theologian is back in our conversation and she's extraordinarily beautiful. So if you're listening, you're welcome for that. And we, we, we better put a picture of her up on, on stuff because she's gorgeous. And then we got to pay the stewards and all that stuff. So maybe we don't. But anyway, um, but yeah, we, so I just wanted to stop you right there and say like, yeah, our, our body does something automatically for our benefit. But sometimes our emotion does something automatically to preserve ourselves, but it might not push us in the direction of the person we said we wanted to become with the atomic habits Facts. and making the decisions. It might Facts. keep us as that same person that we were last year when we went through a similar fire or the year before or five years ago or in our last serious relationship or at the last church or with the last whatever. And so I... I is really important that we're not automatically always going to make the right decision or face Facts. an opportunity to adjust in a healthy way. But because I just remember you talking about the intentionality. Um, Facts. That's important. Facts. Facts. Mm, mm, mm. Goodness gracious. Yo, ladies and gentlemen. Dante, you you have any final thoughts? What you thinking, man? I know you think fifty million things. Yeah, yeah, yeah man. I, I think right now, bro, like where I'm at right now, and as a, as a, as a person, I I want, I I personally want to, in some sense, like slow down. Like I mm. want to, like I want to, like slow down and enjoy what we're doing and who we are. I want I want to find as much joy in in being alive. And being present as I possibly can. Mm, mm, um, mm. I, I want to look at what we take for granted, and, and to look at it again, and to look at it with eyes that 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 just that's like yo, like like this is not just like ordinary, like like, but it's extraordinarily beautiful. It's yeah. extraordinarily loving. Like even when I think about my book and like like writing the stories of so many different people in my book mm-hmm. is like they deserve to have their stories told. So I want to imagine what is it like living in 2022 to believe that our stories, that, that, that various stories, that so many stories deserve to be told. And what does it mean to read them and Mm -hmm. to write them and Mm -hmm. to be with them and to live inside them and to learn from them? You know, that's, that's, that's kind of, you know, that's like the kinship connection. You you Uh, ain't playing around. It's, it's, it's the kinship collective. It is about this, this being able to connect stories and create family. Ken, networks yeah. of belonging, Absolutely. networks of love, networks of mutuality Come on. and compassion yes. and beauty. Yep. And so I think about like the work we need to do in this moment and the work I'm trying to do in this moment is pausing and staying still and looking and being intentional and every day not to miss mm-hmm. the beauty. Because mm-hmm. there's, a, there's a line in Baldwin's, in Baldwin's Fire Next Time that, that, that I absolutely love. And he says... 
He says, when I when I was walking in in those wine stained hallways and, mm. and 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 when when um let me let me find it real quick and let me read it because it's just so brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, he says, when I was very young and was dealing with my buddies in those wine and urine stained hallways, something in me wondered, what will happen to all that beauty? For black people, though I am aware that some of us black and white do not know it yet, mm. are very beautiful. Oh my goodness. And I want us to do that. Oh. Like, look at the wine and urine stained hallways <laughs> and realize, you know, and what, what Baldwin is doing is inviting us into an alternative way of seeing. Mm. It's what y'all see. Y'all call these wine and urine stained hallways as 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 something not worth oh. being around. Mm-hmm. But it's just a reflection of governmental policy. Mm. But look at the way that we create life. What will happen to all that beauty? For black people, indeed, are beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I want us to learn and lean into, like, yo, we are indeed very beautiful. And we deserve to have that story told. Amen. Goodness gracious. Ladies and gentlemen, my goodness. I, I'll be uh, I'll be taking some notes. I'll be re-listening. I'll, I got some reflections to do from this. It, we'll put Dante's, you know, Instagram, Twitter handles and stuff on all of our stuff. You can find him there. You just search uh, Dante Stewart on Instagram at Stewart Dante C. But I think when you follow him, you'll be continuously kind of provoked into this reality of who we really want to be into this kingdom reality where we're turning the gym where we are gaining new perspective for things we've always seen. Dante, I appreciate your story. I appreciate who you are. The fact that you would give us so much of your time to remind us of this, and the fact that we would be so aligned on trying to create this sense of kinship, that we will build solidarity and mutuality where we celebrate one another's stories and we lament when we need to. How Thanks. beautiful and incredible Ladies and gentlemen, Dante Stewart. And we celebrate his story just like he said, to remind us all, we all have stories worth celebrating. We all have stories to lament, but we are all becoming someone. And we all have the agency and the divine spirit that can point and create and to grab hold of an image of who we want to become. And we can make those daily decisions, minute by minute decisions in line with that to become that person to create the communities and the reality that we want to live in where everyone is loved and valued and cherished like kinfolk. Dante, thank you, my brother. Thanks. We appreciate you. We'll talk thank to you, y'all man. next time. I appreciate y'all. For sure, for sure. Absolutely. Everybody.